You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up on episode 318 of Wheel Bearings, we've got the new Honda Accord Hybrid, the Volvo S60 Recharge, Carvalu detects crashes and other incidents, another ride in an Austin, Texas cruise robo-taxi, Porsche's 911 GT3R Sport, the new Honda Prologue, and Taco-tober. All that and more coming up next. <laughs> This is episode 318 of Wheel Bearings. I am Sam McGraw Salmon from Guidehouse Insights. And I am Nicole Wakeland from The Road Reflected. And I am Roberto Baldwin from SAE International. And uh, this year, Taco Tober's, uh, well, I'm always the Taco Tober uh, MC. I don't know. <laughs> tell, tell us more about Taco Tober. What is Taco Tober? Taco to I, I feel like I really let you, at least Nicole down. It seems like uh, every year Taco Tober. Uh, I've been doing Taco Tober for probably like 10, 15 years at this point. But you eat thirty one tacos in thirty one days. That's the deal. It's just a fun thing you do during during uh, October Taco Tober. Do thirty one tacos in thirty one days. Bam! There you go. So that's Taco Tober. You do thirty one tacos in thirty one days. It's a fun thing that me and uh, a bunch of friends uh, came up with a very very long time ago. Do, do they have to be unique tacos every day? Something. No, different? no, no. They can they can they can be just regular old tacos. And you can have if you want. You can like finish Taco Tober today. You can just go and eat thirty one tacos. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's your jam. Yeah. At one point, it was like there had to be a taco for every meal, and then we like we pulled that back because it just got it got a little it got too crazy when you when you. <laughs> Taco for every meal. So one taco a day is a nice little thing. There's some rules um, that are that are out there. Um, you, I guess you can look up Roberto Baldwin Taco. And it raises money for what is this feeding? What is it feeding America? So feeding, feeding America. So yeah. uh, during uh, lockdown. I thought, you know, let's do Taco Tober, and I thought, oh, it would be fun if people, because I had nothing else going on, um, if folks, uh, if they donated more than $50 or more, I would write a little song about them. And so I just stuck my phone, and I got my, my little, I have a drum machine, and I have a bass, and I have, you know, I have a bunch of, like, music gear in my home. And so I wrote little goofy songs every time someone would, would do a, uh, would, would, <laughs> would donate. And then the following year, when lockdown was sort of up, I, I recruited the other person in my band, Drastic Cats, 
And so now the new rule is if $50 or more, again, we will write a song about you. But, um, but the rule is for us is that we show up a few, few weekends uh, during uh, October, November, December to write these songs. And we, have no, we haven't pre-written the song. Like we'll have an idea. We'll have like, oh, some, oh I know what this person's about. I'll, well, let's write about this. But typically we'll write, we'll write and record the song in an hour, which means we're writing and recording a song with like one take, maybe two takes. <laughs> And we put out two albums <laughs> with it. So last year and the year before. So if you look up Drastic Cats on Bandcamp, you, you can you can listen to the album. Um, not all of them are great songs. Some of them are like little <laughs> gems. Some of them are like, oh, these are these are actually pretty good songs. I like and we're the gonna... qualifier. The the quality of the song is not guaranteed. Yeah, like you get you a listen song. To the, Might yeah, be good. You, Maybe you not. get a song like I'm doing drum tracks like I, I think this is a good drum and I'll be playing it and like there's like ghost notes but you can hear I'm not hitting the snare hard enough for them because I didn't practice the song because I came up with the song right then and there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, so it's 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 and of all the things that come with music like recording is the one thing I really I actually don't like doing. Um, I like writing songs. I like playing songs. I like performing songs. But recording, I'm just like, oh my god, because I start getting in my head about like messing up the songs. <laughs> Too much pressure. Too much pressure. So you can like, and I do all the the drumming, and so you can hear that in the drumming. Like sometimes you're like, oh, he's just missed something. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, if you feel like uh, Taco Tober, it's it's great. And then um, if you like, you can give a donation to Feed in America. Uh, I grew up really poor. I remember having. Um, uh, holidays where we just didn't have food. Um, I remember one of my still my friend today when she met me in fifth grade. She asked me, "Why are you so skinny?" <laughs> oh God! First thing, first thing she asked me. So I do remember uh, a local charity one year had brought us a care package of food, and it really made like the holidays so much nicer. So uh, feeding America, you know, I, I I like to give money to feeding America as much as That's possible. So cool. every year for Taco Tober for the last three years. Um, that's where the money goes to Feed in America. So you make a donation and you can email me. There's instructions on the Feed in America um, rules or not rules, but sort of page that I've created that will be in the show notes. And you can you can do that. And anyway, Taco Tober, go eat tacos. That's awesome. I Donate like if idea. you can. If you can't, uh, that's fine. I understand. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's 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 all. Very cool. You're doing Excellent. a good thing. Go, Robbie. Yay. Finally. Yeah, <laughs> took long enough. <laughs> Oh, all right. Um, but this is a show about cars and stuff. It is, technically speaking. Yeah. Technically. So. <laughs> you can eat tacos in cars. That is true. You can eat tacos in cars. And Messy they're actually a pretty good driving food. They you are. Think? They are. You don't know like I, lettuce and taco sauce? I think a burrito is probably better. A burrito is yeah. probably a better uh, a better driving thing. Cause you can, it's, what, it's what you, what you don't want is like a, a, a taco or a burrito uh, with like really um, greasy um, – Chorizo. Um, I mean, yeah, I love no. eating those, but it's not a good choice for in the no. car. That's something I'm, you 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 go you go in the hole. car to your local taco truck, pick up a chorizo burrito, as I sometimes do for lunch because there's yes. one nearby here, and bring it home, and then sit outside on the deck at the table and you know have a have a nice put a sheet nice, down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> put a sheet down. Put on a bed. As a big fan of chorizo, I love chorizo. I love chorizo burritos. I love chorizo tacos. Um, it is the it yeah it is an oily oily mess. Uh, yeah. Do it's not eat me. those in the car. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But what are we talking about? Cars. <laughs> yeah. What did you drive, Nicole? I drove the Volvo S60 Recharge. 
I, I don't, you know what? It's, it's always funny. I love this car. Actually, I had a really fun time driving it, but it makes me nuts when like you have to like, you can't just say plug-in hybrid. You have to call it the recharge. Like you give it a slightly different name than the rest than the other you know, one. You can, you can call it a plug-in hybrid. That's it what it is. is. Call it what it is. Technically they call it though, the Volvo S60 recharge because recharge is what all their plugins are. Okay. Because they're fancy pants. And I did have the fancy pantsest version of this. I had the ultimate, which I think is the fanciest one. Yeah. And it starts at just under fifty nine thousand dollars. It's like fifty eight four ninety five. So it is, you know, firmly in luxury car territory and it looks like it when you open it up. I mean it has like a Harman Kardon premium audio system that has the most gorgeous speaker grills. Like they're these really ornate, ornate speaker grills. So it makes it look pretty. They've got, you know, leather seating sur- trims on the seating surfaces. They have, I don't know technically how adjustable the seats are. I feel like infinitely adjustable. I accidentally was sitting there and I, I was had was like sitting with the door open and I had my foot sitting on the door sill and my foot, my boot touched the little rest. And I'm like, what is happening? The seat's moving. It took me forever to get it back in the right position. I'm like, which of these buttons did I hit and accidentally misadjust? Thigh support, back support, <laughs> lumbar support. What have I done? But yeah, it even has the thigh support thing that like, woo, the entire front part of the seat cushion under your legs moves forward and then it moves back. Although pro tip, if you move it back, it, you know, it will squinch your little leg if you're not careful. Like it'll pinch your leg. It's like squinch. And it's so I'm not a fan of that, but I don't use them. I normally just make them short anyway. I bet like you, Robbie, you probably do you use those in like every car that has them. Do you make the thigh support thing extend out? I'm so used to not having the thigh support. Yeah. Because of most cars that I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And then sometimes I'll forget I've done it. But for the most part, I just sort of ignore it See, and I feel <laughs> like because you're so used to like not having that extra thigh support as a tall person with long legs. And, and I so, feel like, like it's when like, it's, it's there, there, you sort of for forget. You. Like you were the guy, <laughs> you were the reason it exists are the Robbies of the world. You even use it. Yeah. So I never use it because anytime I get in a car, the, the guy who generally drops off my car is taller than I am. And I noticed it right away because he puts it all the way out. And I'm like, why does this seat cushion feel so weirdly stabbed into the back of my knees? I'm like, oh, wait a second. And I, and I pull it back. That's that's why I notice it. Otherwise, I would never use it. Um, so, it, you know, it's it's beautiful. And it has, okay, the gear shift, it looks like glass or plastic. No, it's Orifor's crystal gear shift thing there, which looks absolutely beautiful. It makes me think, like, how much is that? Like, I can't find anything saying how much, like, say you get, I don't know, you're not paying attention, you're eating your chorizo taco, you fumble it, something happens, you bonk the gear shift, you've now cracked your crystal gear shift, does that cost, is that like 80% of the cost of the vehicle is in that gear shift? Probably. I doubt it. It's, but those, they can't. It's probably no more than 25%. Oh, 25, okay, much more. It's hard to imagine it would be worth more than the battery. Because it feels like one of those things, if you accidentally scratch it or break it, it's like, oh, no, that's how that is now. Because it's going to be too expensive to fix. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a really cheap component. I fail well, to believe what, this, what you but... do, I think what you do in that scenario is you, know, you go to a pick-and-pull yard, find a, a scrapped um, Volvo. Yes. Uh, and it doesn't even have to be the plug-in hybrid. Just get one of the standard right? ones that has a non-crystal shifter. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure it'll, it'll fit right on there. And just replace it with a board, but then you've lost the crystal shifter. That is true. Uh, like now yeah. your car is just meh. Uh, Before who cares? It was, who wants it at that point? Now it's just meh. 
Yeah, I don't like why even bother? Just junk it once the gear. I don't even want to be in that car. Right? Like, forget <laughs> it. I don't want to drive or this you, one. You find somebody on Etsy, you know, that works in glass and crystal. You could make one. Have for a custom you. made one. Oh, for Ooh, that might be even cooler than that. Oh, yeah, make it. You could make one custom and have them like engrave like WB for wheel bearings in it. Our little yeah. logo. That could be the yeah, wheel bearings perfect. customs gear shifts. That would be amazing. I, that would be funny. That's what I need to do. I need to find an Etsy person to do that. So anyway, so fancy pants gear shift. Um, and the way the gear shift works, I, you know, no two OEMs seems to do this the same anymore. In the ever evolving, we can make it better, faster, stronger. And everyone just kind of going, can you leave it alone? Like what worked, worked. We don't need to reinvent the wheel, but yet, yet they do. So this there one, we... so, so the little, yeah, the gear shift, that's the, and you have to push it like, there's you pulling it, pushing it to get to like drive and reverse, but park is a little button right next to it. So you got to push the button to go and park and start is a little dial. Like you think it makes it think like a dial that would be like, and it's right in front of the gear shift behind it in front of it. And you twist it and it, like it springs back, click, click, like springs. And that's how you turn on the car. So you got the little turn on thing. You got your fancy gear shift. When you put it in park, you got to put the button and you got to click the little dial again. I feel like it's overdone. Have you guys driven this? Do you know what I'm talking yes, about? I have. I find it a little overdone. Yes, I, I agree. I think between, I, I don't know if it's designers or engineers, but every, everybody these days seems to feel like they need to reinvent the transmission gear selector. Yes, they don't. We need a, you got to do a, a special sign. You have to hit it's like kind, three different buttons. I would buttons. say it's, it's kind of Jaguar's fault because on the, on the fault? XF Why? back in what, 2007 or eight, when the XF came out, they, that was the first one they did a rotary shifter and okay. it would when the car was off it it would sink down it would be flush with the center console so when you started the engine it would rise up you know and then you'd twist it to shift and ever since then you know everybody's been trying to come up with different ways to do the the shifting and right. you know most of them just are not that effective I just don't need to be fancy. I feel like they need to come up with one. Like we're just getting to the NACS the universal charger thing. Let's come up with one version of a gear shift. Just one. I That's one of the reasons I like getting in the Mercedes. Because I always know it's just going to be the stock. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, go, like, stop. Well, the, the Mercedes thing, but then I'm always on the highway. And at some point I go to change lanes and I flip the car into neutral at 60 miles an hour. Every time. <laughs> Without fail, I hit that and think it's a turn signal. Mm. Like, oh, crud. <laughs> yeah, put it back in drive. So. But so, yeah, so that was like my only real, like the thing that I didn't like, I just found a little wonkety every time I got in the car, but in terms of driving, I mean, and it's absolutely beautiful to drive. It's super powerful. It has a um, two liter turbo four in it. It's got 455 horsepower, 523 pound feet of torque. Those are nice, hefty numbers and they make it move. Like if you mash the gas, when you get on the highway, the thing has no problem whatsoever. And it has that sort of luxury car, very Volvo smooth kind of thing. It's quiet. It's not angry about how it does anything. It's like, yes, I will aggressively accelerate you onto the highway in the most mild-mannered way that I possibly can. It won't be, I won't disturb you. I won't ruffle your feathers. The people in the back seat might not even know that's what's happening, but you feel free to mash that gas and go ahead, you know, front of the crowd. And I'll just do this very nicely for you, which I kind of like. It's like stealth in how it delivers its power. You don't know that it's a powerful little car, then zoom, it goes right back. So I really, so I really enjoyed driving it. Uh, I thought it was really fun. It has 41 miles, they say, of all electric range, which is actually pretty good. I mean, you figure that they're, I think, what the lowest range, like 
plugins are somewhere in that mid low twenties and then they go up to around this. Yeah, around low twenties. So, yeah. So I feel like 40, it, it, like 41 miles is not bad. So I could pretty much get around the whole day and not really need to use the gas engine at all, which is always fun. It's always neat when you drive a plug-in hybrid to see how far you can get before it like, zoom, it, you know, flips over on you. So I, but it was, it was very fun to drive. It is, it, it is such a nice car and it has that, it, you know, it has a very luxurious interior. Again, this is the top trend, that ultimate, and it's not cheap. Cause like I said, it's only under 60 grand, but it feels like this very modest. It has this very Volvo way of delivering luxury. There's nothing, there's nothing in your face. There's nothing outrageous. You know, even the crystal gear shift that I'm, that I love, it's not something that's flashy. It's just one of those that kind of catches your eye at one point. You're like, Ooh, that's pretty. Like nothing is over the top. It's very mild mannered. Um, I really enjoy driving this and I, it's even got a nice comfy back seat. My daughter rode in the back seat and you know, what's kind of neat over the, the, you know, the hump, the dreaded hump in the middle of the back seat, uh-huh. there's, you know, it's generally fabric. It has a, like a little, um, plastic piece over it. It's almost like a floor, like, you know, what's underneath your heel in a lot of cars, even if you don't have the floor mat, there's that little piece of plastic underneath your heel where the, um, gas pedal is. So you don't yeah. make a mark in your, it has one of those there. So if you put your foot on there, you're not wearing out that little spot. Cause if you sit in the back, you kind of spread out. You might have your foot leaning against that. I thought that was kind of neat that there's a little piece of plastic there. And there are, there are also in this one heated rear seats, which I think is amazing. Heated rear seats are the best thing ever. So it's not like you're up front. You're all comfy. Your passengers in the back are freezing to death. It's like you guys turn on your own heated seats. Did you have the wool upholstery or the leather? I want to say mine was a combo. I was trying to figure out my, my um, Monroney was messed up. It was like, it was like one of those eye tests. Do you, if you stare at it long enough, can you read what it says? No, you couldn't. So or it turns could, into something like a bird. Yeah, or like a is this, are these going to turn into actual words? <laughs> nope, they're just going to be blurred. Like literally, the copy was blurred. It had leather trim, like on the bolsters and stuff. There was fabric in the middle. Maybe it was wool. I'm thinking it could have been, but I didn't have the actual Monroni. But it wasn't like 100% leather seats fully. Okay. So and it looked good. I thought it looked really nice. And I had the um, what is it called? The black black edition. So like the grill is black, everything's blacked out. Uh, it, it gets, it gets to be this very, like, it's like a sexy Volvo, like forget <laughs> the boxy, but nice. It's a sexy Volvo. Nice. So, um, I liked it. so how much was it? It was, well, again, my blurry eyed thing there it's, it comes in, it starts it up for the ultimate. It starts at, um, so that's the starting price. So probably with the little bits and pieces that I had, it was probably somewhere at least in the mid sixties. Um, but again, I can't see everything because the Monroney of mystery. So I'm going to say it's <laughs> Monroney probably yeah, Monroney of mystery, 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 mystery. <sighs> yes. But you, I mean the, the base, like you can get into the core, there's core plus and ultimate core starts at 53 plus is 55, nine and ultimate is 58, five. So you can get behind the base version of this for 53,000 where you're still getting like the performance and stuff. You're just not getting quite as fancy of an interior, but you know, it's a Volvo, even in the base model of this, it's not like you're getting, you know, it's a not like driving a Yugo. Car. Yes. It's not like driving a Yugo. You can get the most stripped down version of this you get, and it's still a beautiful car inside. Excellent. Yes. And you didn't have anything new this week, right? Robbie? I drove a minivan on vacation, which I've driven before, the Chrysler <laughs> Voyager, which is the low-end version of the Pacifica that they just give to rental agencies. So that's what I drove. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I drove 900 miles. It's fine. (laughs) It's a good little minivan. And and it's good for dogs, right? It's good for dogs. Although you're not supposed to have dogs in it, according to the Enterprise. So I didn't. So 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 officially. In 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 theory, if you had such a vehicle. And you had dogs. If you had a it, minivan, the dogs would be comfortable in such a vehicle. Oh yeah, they would be. They would be comfortable. Let's say, in theory, you just had a big dog bed in the back for them, for uh-huh. them to, to to rest on while you're driving down the freeway. It would work out. Okay, that's good to hear. Because you know you always want to. You know, if you got dogs, you want to have something that's comfortable for the dogs. Yeah, you want to. Yeah, that's, and that's essentially that's all we care about. Because we could have taken the Kona, but it's really it's you know it's like five hours drive. Yeah, and it's there's you know. They wouldn't have been comfortable. That's literally the reason. <laughs> what about the dogs? Oh, yeah, that's true. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. All right. Um, well, I had the 2024, I think it's the 24, yeah, 2024 Honda Accord Touring Hybrid. Uh, like which is car. the latest and greatest generation of the Accord, uh, which you know is uh, Honda's big, bigger sedan, big sedan. It's a big sedan. I think it's. Big sedan. I think That's it's actually. Cla- I think it's actually classified by EPA as, as full size, um, and it, it's a it's a good size car. It's it's very roomy. Um, you know this this latest edition, like the Civic that came out last year, is a little bit more tame in its design, a little bit more restrained in the design language compared to the previous generation. Not that the, the previous generation was particularly outlandish, but this one kind of tones it down a little bit. It's a little more refined. Um, it's still, you know, like the last generation, it's still a fastback sedan. Um, so it's very sleek looking. Uh, the one I had, the, the, the Touring is the, the highest trim level in the Accord lineup. <clears throat> and 
the hybrid is far and away the the most fuel efficient variant of it. Um, it's it's a 204 horsepower hybrid drivetrain uh, that um, has more than adequate performance for most people's needs. Uh, you know, it's not going to win any drag races, but it'll get you up to speed reasonably enough when you're merging onto the highway. Uh, it's very, very roomy inside. The interior, um, very, in a lot of ways, very similar to the latest Civic. Uh, so you've got this strip that spans across the dashboard with like sort of a honeycomb mesh design, and the vents are hidden behind there. Uh, so you get the upper portion of the dashboard and the lower portion, and then this divider strip in between that um, get you know lets the airflow through, and you can control the airflow with your little little joysticks in there. Um, and it's it's really nice. Um, the Accord, the new Accord, was the first Honda to get their new generation infotainment system, which is based on Android Automotive, uh, and this is what's coming to all the other. Uh, Hondas and Acuras um, going forward. So it's got Google Automotive Services in there. That means Google Maps for navigation, Google Assistant, uh, Google Play Store, so you can download more apps uh, directly to your to your device. And um, if you are a, a Google user, you can just, when you get in, you can log in with your um, Google account um, or, your, or your favorite Google account, in, in my case, since I have many um and uh and, and, <laughs> uh and you know it'll have all of your favorites all the stuff you've saved in google maps you know your access to your contacts and things like that um you're you can if, if you've if there's apps that you've bought uh like for example i use pocket casts for li listening to podcasts um i can go in there and download my pocket casts and uh, log into pocket casts and all the stuff I'm subscribed to on my phone or, you know, anywhere else, it all shows up in there and it syncs that, you know, to the cloud. So, you know, when I get out of the car, it, it syncs, you know, wherever position I was at in whatever show I was listening to. Uh, and then when I pick it up on my phone, uh, it'll, it'll be right there at that same location. So, you know, all that stuff's great. Um, if you are an iPhone user and prefer to use CarPlay, you are welcome to do that as well. It supports wireless CarPlay uh, and Android Auto, for that matter. Uh, although, again, if you're using Android Auto, eh, don't really need to. Just you know, do it right in the car. <laughs> you don't, that way, you never have to worry about your your phone losing connection to the the system. Um, but uh, for for iPhone users, you can have that and get that stuff up on the screen for you. So um, something you won't have in uh, GM's EVs going forward, but you can still have it in a Honda Accord. Um, so this is a very fuel efficient car. It's interesting that I had this right after having the Toyota Crown. Um, you know, the, the Crown is kind of similarly sized, but the Accord feels a little bit roomier on the inside than the Crown does. Um, you know, this one is also a hybrid. It's a little, slightly less power than the uh, standard hybrid powertrain in the Crown. Uh, two, 204 horsepower versus, I think, about 225, 224 in the Crown. Um, but, you know, this one is, the Accord is lighter. Um, it is front-wheel drive only, no all-wheel drive, unlike the, uh, in the Crown. Uh, but uh, it, it, with the, uh, let's see, with the 20-inch wheels, or, 20, yeah, I think they're 20-inch wheels on the, on the, on the Touring, and they're also on the Hybrid Sport, um, 
it is rated by the EPA at 44 miles per gallon combined, um, 46 city, 41 highway. Um, I did a fair bit of highway driving. I averaged about 42 miles per gallon with the Accord, which is about the same, you know, roughly the same as what I got with the, uh, with the crown. Uh, the, you know, this one personally, I think if I was going to be choosing between the two, I would probably go for the Accord, uh, unless I really, really needed all wheel drive. Uh, the, you know, I kind of like the, the look of the Accord a little better, even though, as I said, it's a little more subdued than the last generation. It still works really well. It's got, I said, lots of room, lots of trunk room, lots of passenger room. Um, drives drives like you expect a Honda to, which is really good. Um, and, you know, with this kind of fuel efficiency, you, you know, you're not going to be worried too much if, there's, you know, if gas prices are going up because this uh-huh. thing's going to go forever on, on a tank of gas. Um, so that's the, uh, that's the Accord hybrid touring. And let's see, they did not send me a Mondroni, but let me find the, the page here where I pulled it up and did a build. So <clears throat> the uh, total MSRP, including destination and handling fees, came to $39,285. Uh, any uh, guesses on the destination charge? Uh, $11.95. Oh, uh, uh, $11.96. No winners today. You both went over. It's $10.95. Oh, $10.95. Yeah. Wow. We were underestimating how we're affordable this vehicle was. Crazy kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the Accord, the standard Accord, the base Accord LX starts at uh, 28000 this year. Um, the sport hybrid starts at 32. So 39 is a little too much for you. You can, you can get one starting at 32. So that's a little more, a little more reasonable, uh, but still, you know, uh, really, you know, great, great car to drive. You know, if you want a larger sedan, that's going to be comfortable for, you know, three people in the back seat. Um, you know, and you don't, you know, you don't feel like you need to, Look like you're going off road, even if you never will. Um, you know, the Accord's a great way to go. I like the Accord. I did a road trip in the Accord out to Accord, New York, a while back, or as they call oh, it, Accord. Yeah. So I spent a good time, and it was like road trip. You know, it was hours behind the wheel, and it was a really nice car to drive. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Fantastic. All right, what else we got this week? Oh, let's stick with Honda. Um, Honda. So uh, last week. Um, uh, Honda had a um, a briefing, a background briefing here in Detroit. I don't, I'm I'm assuming they probably did one in LA too and other locations, uh, but they did one here in Detroit, where for the f- the first time they showed us in person the new Honda Prologue. So this is Honda's first high volume EV, and it's one of along with the Acura ZDX that we've talked about previously. It's one of the two. Uh, EV crossovers that GM is building for Honda on their Altium platform. Um, Like the ZDX, this one's coming out in early 2024, uh, or at least that's the plan. We'll see. (laughs) Um, You know, since it's being built in a GM plant, we, you know, we don't know if those factories will actually be operating. Let's just Uh, say there's a reason there's a, this is the first and last, uh, uh, you know, GM belt Honda. <laughs> 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 
It's well, it's probably one of multiple reasons why that's the case. Yeah, but, let's just say there's some reasons. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, what's you know, it's interesting that this one, um, you know, where the Acura ZDX is very much, you know, basically an Acura body on top of a Cadillac Lyric. You know, it, it for all intents and purposes, all all the exact same specifications as the Lyric, same wheelbase, same. Same uh, combinations of rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive, same power, same range and everything. The Prologue, which, you know, I think I was kind of expecting would, you know, perhaps be more um, along the lines of maybe the Blazer or even Equinox in terms of its size and performance and everything, is actually kind of a, a hybrid, in you know, combination of some of the features of these different vehicles because it's got the same... 121 inch wheelbase as the ZDX and Lyric, and presumably the Blazer, even though Chevrolet has still not actually published published full specs for the Blazer, so we don't actually know what the wheelbase of the Blazer is. But um, 121 inch wheelbase, overall length at about a little over 192 inches, falls about midway between a CRV and a Passport, um, and you know similar. It, it's a, it's about six inches shorter overall than the ZDX, so a little less overhang. Um, but it's front-wheel drive only. It's, uh, it's, mm -hmm. not, it's not rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. It's only in front-wheel drive. And the battery is an 85-kilowatt-hour battery, which, doing a little math, works out that the, the, the ZDX and the Lyric have a 12-module Ultium battery pack, um, and they're, like, what, 102 kilowatt-hours. Um, so the 85 kilowatt hours works out to that. This is probably almost certainly got 10 modules. So the same battery pack, but only 10 modules instead of 12. So it's going to be a little cheaper, a little bit lighter. And Honda is saying that it will get at least 300 miles of range in, um, in the, the base version, which, um, has smaller 18 inch wheels uh, or 19 inch wheels. Um, and then, they're not saying what the range is going to be for the um, the, the ultimate, um, or uh, forget what the the trim level. Touring, are. touring, the, the touring. Is the the two wheel drive DX and the two wheel drive touring? Then the oh, the elite elite is the one I was thinking of. No, oh, the all wheel drive elite. Oh, okay, yeah, that's that right. They do have very... the all wheel drive. Yeah. Ooh, okay, just in the just in yeah. the one trim. Yeah, they have all all wheel drive is available in the touring, and it's standard in the elite, and then. Um, Front wheel drive is standard on the EX and the the uh, uh, the, the touring or no touring yeah. or sport yeah touring. touring yeah no sport right no sport. according to this Honda website so who knows yes. what's going to happen between now and three months from now right yeah <laughs> that's not one thing then when it actually comes to fruition it's like wait a minute yeah um, so you know the styling is pretty tame. You know, it, it's not it's, it's not bad. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I think it looks it I looks like fine. It. It's I, not I, especially striking. Yeah, I mean, I, I, one thing I like is it's got a much shorter overhang than the new CRV. Um, so you know, I think the proportions are better than the CRV. Um, but you know, what I mean, what do you what do you think of this thing? I think it looks good. I like the design of it. I mean, it's not it's not especially you know striking, but I think it looks good. I it, it sort of just it. it falls in, you know, Hondas aren't the world's most eye-catching out there vehicles to begin with. You know, they don't tend to demand your attention. Um, except maybe if you're like a Civic Type R or something, then it demands all the attention. But 
like something like this, it, it fits in with how, with a Honda vibe, I think. It still looks good. Like, I like the wheels. I don't know if the, still the wheels that are on the original or the actual will look anything like what was on this one that there are pictures of here, but I think it yeah, looks the, good. These are, these are the wheels that'll be on the Elite. Elite. They look really cool. They're kind of fun. I, I like how automakers are going towards some kind of fun wheels lately. You notice that? They're having a little fun with it. So I think this is kind of neat. I think that's probably the most striking visual aspect. And if it has, you know, if it has the range that is being guessed, it should be a pretty decent range. Yeah. And it, it, it should, it, I think it, you know, it should definitely be able to get the 300 miles with the front wheel drive and the 19 inch wheels. Um, you know, with the, the 21s and the all wheel drive, it'll probably be somewhere around 260 or so, 265. Um, one one thing I like one of the uh, the photos that they have that they had on, that they have on the, the Honda media site um, shows the cargo area and it's got the uh, the Moto Compacto. Yes, I saw it there. Yeah, I was hoping that was there with you and you got to see it and pick it. No, up we 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 didn't. They did not have that uh, when they showed us the car. Uh, no Moto Compactos there, just the Prologue. Oh, they should at least let you pick it up and be like, oh, you know, yeah, just so you could see it, yeah. so you could play with Touch it for it. a hot minute. Yeah, there it is. Jump on it right away. One. Whee! So the uh, the prologue is coming out. This will be the first of Honda's volume EVs, uh, but not the last. They say um, it's coming out early in 2024. They're targeting about 45,000 units in 2024, and by 25, ramping up to about 70,000 units a year. Wow. So pretty pretty significant volumes, um, and then um, the price. They're not giving detailed pricing yet. They're saying upper forties for the price for the starting price. Mm. So probably somewhere around forty eight, forty nine thousand dollars starting price. Um, but since this is being built by GM in North America with North American made batteries, it will be eligible for the seventy five hundred dollar tax credit. So yeah, you should so be able to get one. Forty probably forty two, forty three probably. Yeah, and then whatever random additional incentive you might have in your area yep that's Um, actually pretty cool i think people will like it i think it'll do well i'm curious to see when it'll happen just because like you said the gm plant and yada yada that could uh that could throw a little bit of a mess uh, into the works oh and one of the other things you know where they've sort of mixed and matched components from uh other you know from the various gm evs even though this is on the same overall platform is the ZDX, you know, same, same, uh, wheelbase. Uh, it actually only supports 150 kilowatt charging as opposed to 190 on the ZDX. And that's that 150 kilowatt charger is the one they use in the Equinox. So they're, uh... they're, they're taking parts from, from different vehicles, uh, to make this thing. And then the interior and the body is all pure Honda. Uh, so it's got uh, 11 inch, uh, center touchscreen, 11 inch cluster display, um, and it's got the same same basic infotainment system that's in the Accord uh, that I just drove. And cool. they have they have the also have the um, Honda Link app. Um, so they're for some reason you know that's not entirely clear. They're not supporting plug and charge at launch right now, but they have the Honda Link app, which they you can link that to your accounts for EVgo and Electrify America. So when you go to an EVgo or Electrify America station, you can 
uh, initiate the charge with your Honda Link app and pay for it through whatever payment method you have in there. So you don't have you only have to use one app, but it's still not quite as convenient as some other vehicles. Yeah, getting better. Yeah, getting better. Well, I mean, I went at last October when I went and talked to the, the CEO and the head of. Um, Honda's global electrification, they had done sort of essentially an about face from mm -hmm. earlier, sort of like what Honda was wanting to do with EVs. And they were just like, no, 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 we're going all in on EVs. And they showed us all <laughs> these, some of them we couldn't talk about and some of them, you know, a lot of them we could. And they showed, you know, their solid state, how they're, how they're working on that. So they're, they're, they, uh, yeah, they're, they're going for it. Yeah. And they, you know, they've got their, their new electric platform that's coming out in 2026, um, and you know, they've also got the stuff they're doing with, with Sony for a Fila. So they're going to have a bunch of different EVs, uh, over the next several years. I like that their thing is just called e-architecture. Yeah. It's just, uh, that's what it is. No fancy <laughs> like e <laughs> Which is very much, whatever, which is very much their, their, their thing. No nonsense. They're all wheel drive for, yeah, they're like all wheel drive. That. Don't come up with fancy. Super handling all wheel drive. What's it, what's it? Super handling. How's yeah. it handled? It's super. Super. <laughs> Super, super duper. And there's no trail sport version of this one. So this is not, not going to be an off-roader. Uh, yeah, yeah. Could be. You never know. It'll be a midnight version. Yeah. Midnight version, yeah. Late release halfway through. <laughs> Did you know you can support Wheel Bearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. All right. Um, next up, uh, this week I was in Austin for a couple of days at the Move America conference, which is a big mobility conference. Um, ran into an interesting company there called Carvaloo. Have you guys ever heard of Carvaloo? Carvaloo. No, I have not actually. I've heard of Caribou. <laughs> well, but not Carvalu. You you both rented cars before, right? Correct. Yeah. That's what I did this weekend. Or there you go. Um, so, you know, have you ever um, had an issue where you bring back the car that you rented and there's a little ding in the door or a scratch somewhere or anything like that, and you're trying to say, "I didn't do this," I'm trying to explain to the the, mm -hmm. the people at the rental agency that, you know, this was there or, you know, this happened while the car was parked and things like that. Yes. And how successful has that uh, effort been in, in terms Moderately. of Moderately. Okay. Well, I'm a very careful driver. And then I walk around with the car. I'm a very careful driver, yeah. <laughs> well, Carvalu has an interesting solution, you know, and this applies, they're targeting this at fleets, at rental fleets, at commercial fleets, um, and eventually longer term at consumers as well. And what they've done is they have developed some software that uses the sensors that are on the vehicle. So all modern vehicles have a bunch of inertial sensors. There's three-way accelerometers um, and uh, assorted other sensors that are on the vehicle. And what they're doing is using their algorithms to um, continuously monitor those sensors. And um, they've applied some machine learning, imagine that, um, to recognize certain characteristics. So when, when you see something happen on the accelerometer signal, you know, see, you see something bump. Um, it looks at that, looks at the, looks at the, looks at those signals, 
also looks at things like your vehicle speed, your transmission position, uh, and assorted other uh, signals. You know, is there somebody in this in this car? You know, is, it, is the engine running, or are the doors locked and there's nobody in the car? Um, and combines all these things together to figure out when an incident has happened to provide real-time feedback, real-time alerts. So, you know, if it's, uh, you know, if it's a commercial fleet, you know, and they, the driver gets into an accident or somebody runs into the vehicle, you know, it can automatically detect this. It sends a signal back to the fleet manager, or, uh, you know, if it's a rental car, it can send a signal back to the rental agency and say, Hey, you know, this car was just hit by somebody, um, or, you know, perhaps it hit a big pothole and might have a, a problem with a tire or suspension. Uh, and it can automatically alert the rental agency and, you know, it can provide thing, information like, was the car in motion? Was it parked? Uh, where was it? Uh, so you get all of this stuff. And, you know, so this can help for, for customers, you know, if you're, if you're a renter, uh, it can help, you know, if you, if you were not at fault, you can prove it with this data. Um, you know, or, you know, when, when the cars come in, you know, the, they're, the rental agencies are trying to turn these cars around as fast as they can and rent them back out again. And if they have to go over every vehicle in with a fine tooth comb looking for problems, um, that's, you know, that can be an issue. Uh, you know, that, that takes time and costs money. Um, or if they can just focus on the ones that they already know probably you know, have a problem somewhere, then they can, they can do those and they don't have to spend as much time with the other ones. So, um, you know, it seems like a, a really good solution. One, one of the, the demos, demo videos they were showing me showed, um, uh, a car, uh, you know, they, they, in Europe, this is a, Europe, a German company. They, one of their big customers is a uh, Spanish car sharing firm, you know, kind of like a zip car type of, th type of thing. And they had uh, video of the drivers of the, of this car turned down this narrow alleyway, uh, and then drove down what was actually turned out to be some stairs. This was late at night, drove down some steps, and there was no external damage visible, but they detected what had happened and sent the information to the fleet operator. And when the car came into the shop, they put it up on the hoist and looked, and the, the, the bottom of the car was all scraped up. The, uh, the, covers under, you know, the oh, cover geez. underneath the engine bay was all torn up, and you know, there was assorted other damage. And, yeah, you know, but if they were who just... hasn't driven a rental car downstairs? Come right. on. Right. I mean, that's the first thing I do as I'm leaving the rental agency. Stairs. I right. find some stairs and I write it down. I'm like, okay, this car is going to be good. I'm, I'm sure you know as you're as you're first going into the rental rental agency, you're scoping around for some stairs to drive to down. To find right? the yeah. nearest. Yeah, stairs, I'm already looking for right? stairs. I'm asking skateboarders. Exactly. I'm like, hey, where do you guys do grinds? <laughs> is there? Is how long are the stairs? Are they wide enough for this vehicle? Barely. Yeah. If I do sideways, <laughs> if I ride like a rail, like the skateboard. Yeah. You don't need the full width of the car. Yeah. So that's Carvalu, um, possibly coming to a car that you buy or rent sometime in the next few years. I mean, it's kind of a cool idea if it works. Well, I always get nervous with those automatic things. Like, does it really know? Like, you think about all the automatic stuff where it figures things out, and you're like, that's not what I wanted to do. That's not really, you know, I'm not really about to hit that curb. I'm not really about to bump into that thing, and the car panics. I don't want it thinking, 
you've hit a curb. I'm like, no, I'm five feet away from the curb, but thank you. you know? yeah. I like, well, I mean, the thing in misuse events, I'm looking at their site, and one of the things is misuse, de- detect mm. damages and misuse events. Now, when I picked up the van, <laughs> <laughs> they were the rules. No smoking, no, no pets, no towing, and no off-roading. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna tow. I'm like, how would I tow anything? There's no tow, (laughs) there's no tow hook on it. And how am I? Well, you could have taken it to a U-Haul store and had them install a hitch on it. Had it, and then then taken it off before they 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 came by. Um, But then the off-roading thing, I'm like, well, what do you what do you determine as off-roading? Because we went to one beach. Like, and like enough? it ended up being sort of like a almost a gravel road, like yeah. on one part of it at the very end. Like when you go to the beach in California, you know, that's not all of them have parking lots. Some of them have parking lots, but they're just dirt roads. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is that a, is that is that off roading? I'm like, I'm tip. I mean, I'm technically on the road, but it's also dirt. And it's an unpaved like, road, right? Like there yeah. are plenty of like unpaved roads that can get quite rutted, especially like even here if it's like rainy in the spring or whatever. That I can see that if it was sensing. Like oh you're off road. Yeah, like, yeah no, you're off road. I'm just no, on no. Spring Street and it's not paved and it's, it's bumpy because it rained. You yeah, know exactly. That's my concern. I feel like there could be some challenges here. Robbie and I are not, ready for well, them though. We're like, wait, we I'm have like, answers no. to all of your AI. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you can never entirely trust an AI system anyway. <sighs> That's no. true. Yeah, you 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 have to. You need some verification and validation of trust, AI but systems. verify. I'm not sure I'd even go with so far as trust, but <laughs> at least verify. Verify, verify, verify. Is that more where we and, are? Yeah. 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 Trust. Trust is a tough one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so All right. Trust. Kind of trust. Um, okay. This weekend um, in uh, at Laguna Seca in uh, California, south, south of where you are, Robbie, is the uh, seventh Rensport reunion, which is a, a big kind of festival that uh, Porsche hosts every few years uh, to honor their history in motorsport. And um, this year uh, for the Rensport reunion, they introduced, um, shockingly, yet another new variant of the 911. Because, you know, no. they they only do that what once every thirty years or so. A, a new variant of the nine eleven. No, there's a va- unheard of because of the Cayenne Macan. Porsche can build a nine eleven variant for every nine eleven owner. Everyone gets their own, very own variant. Their very own. This is Robbie's. This is Nicole's. <laughs> this is the, the, the Porsche. Sam's. Yeah. The GT three R O B B I E. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. GT three R W A K E would be mine. <laughs> well, this one is the nine eleven GT three Rensport. Uh, sorry, nine eleven GT three R Rensport. Um, and this is a uh, a track only. Variant, sort of, kind of loosely based on the the 911 GT3R uh, race car, but this you know this goes beyond what the 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 regular GT3R does because it's not it's not built for any specific rule set for any any class of racing, so you can't actually go and race this anywhere. Um, it's just you know if you have a absurd amount of money um, and you want to rent a track for a day and you want to just go out and play. You can have something that is technically faster than, uh, in, in most respects, than um, their current generation 911 race cars, um, and um, you know, possibly even rarer, um, because they're only building 77 of these. Da, da, Why 77? Da. What am I missing about the significance of 77? Uh, 
I'm not sure. They don't really say. I feel like sometimes when they pick these weird numbers, they're like, you know, because in 1977, Bob Smith yeah. completed the XYZ and, you know, blah, 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 blah. So in honor of him, and you're like, go, Bob. Like, there's all these obscure reasons why they picked They just that. looked around the, the, the factory and they're like, how many of these do we have? 77. All right, okay. that's, we're putting it in that, that special. It needs card. to be better than that, Robbie. That's it's, not an acceptable reason. I mean, this, this year is the 75th anniversary of Porsche. Then there should so, be 75. Uh, Who dropped the ball on so. Porsche? Uh, its design is reminiscent of that oh, of the legendary Brumos Porsche 93577. There you go. Yeah, there you I go. Mean, they're, they're 1977 uh, 935. There had so. to be something that was making that relevant. Yeah. Okay. There we go. He took yeah. the overall mm-hmm. seventh overall victory. Seven. There's another seven victory at the Porsche for Porsche at the 24 Hours of Daytona in 1978. All right. Well, they they showed it in 77, and then he got seventh in 78. But if he had gotten seventh in 77. Well, then you'd have to make 777 of them. That's a tall order. Yeah, yeah it might, might be tough to sell, you know, 777 at a million dollars plus a pop. Yeah, I guess you got a point. Yeah. <laughs> a million a pop. Sure, 777 million I was checking dollars. my account during that pause. I'm like, hold on. Did you have enough? Yeah, Can yeah, you get yeah. it? No? no. Yeah? No. no. Need, need a couple more patrons before we get there. Just to, just like one more, maybe. Come on, everybody. If you all pitch in. <laughs> we could all get this car. We, we can buy Robbie a 911 GT3R Ren Sport. Right? Yep. And change it to the 911 GTR R-O-B-B-I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, let's see. I had, uh, while I was in Austin this week, I uh, decided to take some more rides and cruise uh, robo-taxis, which Nicole and I did in, in June. Yes. Um, How'd this and- go? Um, well, I'll start with the good news. Uh, it actually, it, it managed to pick me up at the location where I was each hey, time. I did not have to, I, I did not have to walk more than like 20 feet, um, to, to get into the car. Okay. Yeah. So, so there is that. Um, and it actually, one of the rides, it actually picked me up not far from where we were last time, um, on second street when, okay. we, when we tried to get a ride and then had to walk six blocks to get to it. Um, so I did not have to do that this time. Okay. Um, the first ride that I summoned on Monday night at just moments after 8 o'clock, right when the service goes live, because it runs from 8, 8 p.m. until 5.30 a.m., um, I, so I requested a ride at, you know, just after 8 o'clock. It took 27 minutes for the car to get there. Yikes. But at one point, I was standing in front of the hotel, and I'm looking on the map. I'm watching on the map where the car is going. Oh, no. And it's coming down the street where I'm standing. Uh-huh. It was literally one block away from me. I could see it. I took a picture of it and posted on it. Posted oh, it on no. Blue Sky. Here it comes. It was one block no. away from me. And I knew and from watching the route on the map that it was not going to come directly to me. That it, oh. it, in fact, when it got one block away from me, it did a right-hand turn, went over a block, then went down about five blocks. Looped back around. So it took like another six or seven minutes before it got to me from the time that I actually saw it. So was the was it come was it on the same side as the hotel? Was it try, yeah, was it trying to get onto your side of the street? No. Oh, so it was already <laughs> no. say the hotel's on the right hand side. Okay, as the that's car, all if I the got. car we just kept going, it would have taken a right into the hotel parking lot. Yes. It would wow. have gone straight up straight up to the, the, the loop in front of the front door of the hotel. Womp womp. Womp womp. Robots, what? man. What? Robots. Every time people are like, well, you know, they're so much better than people. I'm like, eh, are they really? 
And I've been it's seeing like, videos where they've had like giant traffic jams of those in Austin. I'm well, at one point on, on one of the rides, uh, in fact, it was on my return ride from the University of Texas campus back to the hotel. We were going along one street, um, and there was a cruise robo taxi stalled in the middle lane of the road. Oh it no! Was sitting there with its four-way flashers on. Inside? Uh, no, no there was no one inside. Um, well, that's good at least. But it was just sitting there, stopped in the middle of the road. Oh. I have no idea what the problem was, uh, but but there it was. Um, when you know, I, I had it take me to up to the U of T campus, and it took a relatively roundabout route. Not quite as roundabout as the route that that we took when in June. Oh my God. It was quite no a roundabout. Reason. It was quite a roundabout route. The the route coming back was more peculiar. Um, you know, when, as I was before I got in the car, I I pulled up Google Maps and said, okay, you know, from from my location here, you know, what's what's the best route? You know, driving route to get to the the Austin Hilton, um, and it said seven minutes, and it was a very direct route, basically going down like Trinity Street. Uh, you know, almost a straight shot down seven minutes. Um, it took 26 minutes Oof. in the cruise because we were at one point we were going down that same street. You know, it's a major one way uh, southbound road, like f- four lanes, I think. Um, and this was at about 9 p.m. So relatively little traffic. Uh, you, you would think that the lowest risk scenario would be to just continue down that same road. That same road, right? Oh God! Yeah, no. It it at one point decided to turn right, go a couple, go about three blocks east. Uh, yeah, east, um, and then loop around, do a couple, you know, through a neighborhood, come back around, then continue on down. It's like it was just doing completely nonsensical things as far as route. So it's goes. just looking for a route with the least amount of other vehicles that it has to interact. Is that with. what is it like? What is it? What can well, you except that there were more vehicles that it had to interact with. It had to go probably about twice the distance, twice the miles traveled. <laughs> it certainly did at least three times as many turns. You because know, every time you make a turn, that's a risky, that's a risk. risky maneuver. At some point, I had to take a left turn because it, it yeah. took a right. So now to follow, to be parallel, yes. I had to take a left turn, which is the riskiest move, essentially, you can do in yes. driving right? is left turn. I mean, maybe they were just trying to show off what the car can do. I, I don't know. You know, or give you your $5 worth for the ride. You know, it's like, you know, so we're going we're gonna to keep you in here for as long as we can, you know, so you, you feel like you're getting value for your money. I don't know. Um, yeah, and then the, the other thing, I mean, I... I remember when I was learning how to drive many decades ago. You know, one of the things that we were always taught us how old we are. The olden times. One of the things we were always taught was when you make a turn, you want to turn into the nearest lane. So if you're making a right turn, you want to turn into the rightmost lane on the road you're you're going in. You know, or you know, uh, same thing. You want to turn into the nearest lane. And then if you need to make another turn in the opposite direction after that, then change lanes over. Yes. Each time this car, actually three different cars, each time they made a turn, um, if there was a following turn going in the opposite direction, it would go all the way across directly into the, like if it was turning right, it would go all the way across into the leftmost lane. Oh, no. So we cut across lanes during the turn. Yes, cut across multiple lanes during the turn. Into your lane and then change yeah. lanes. And, and even one time when it was turning onto a side street that was a, a two-way road, 
you know, that was a relatively narrower road, you know, it, it, it was regularly making surprisingly wide turns, which really was kind of the only, aside from the routing, was kind of the only safety issue I saw, uh, just that the, the turns seemed to be much wider than they really needed to be. Uh, you know, so it's not that I never, it's not that I ever felt particularly unsafe in the car, but just really inconvenienced. This is not, you know, I mean, it, aside from being, aside from a novelty factor, it's really not a very useful service at this point. Do you think it's just a matter of it getting more refined or do you think it's really just not, is it like just not ready? Do you know what I mean? Or do you think it's like, oh my gosh, they're not even close. Like it's just refinement or. Well, there's certainly uh, things, you know, that I, that not that I saw in my time in the car, but there are certainly things, um, you know, that we've seen, you know, from the reports, especially out of San Francisco, where there's a lot more of these on, you know, at any given time in Austin, you know, during the service period, there's about seven or eight cars on the road in service, which is part of why it takes a while to, to get one. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly in San Francisco, we've seen things like, you know, driving into wet cement in a con in a construction zone, right? you know, or, you know, not stopping and yielding to a fire truck at an intersection. Uh, you know, so there are definitely issues that they, you know, that this is not necessarily ready for prime time yet. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I can understand, you know, that Cruz is under a lot of pressure to start generating some revenue, but, you know, if it's not ready, it's not ready. And it's, you know, it's not, Are you, we shouldn't be putting these out a, there. Is it still in the test phase, Sam, or can anyone access this now? Um, like, do I have to sign you, up? There's a, there's a waiting it? list. You can sign, I mean, anybody can sign up and, you know, they're gradually adding people to the waiting list. I was going to try capacity. it for kicks. I'm going to be in Austin this week. And I was like, oh, I should try it. But I can't, I'm like, wait, no, I can't. Cause I'm not on the, I don't have it yet. Well, well I can, I'm still on the list. I can, I, I can connect you with somebody at Cruz. Um, see if I can maybe can get, probably get you on the list. And I'll give it a shot and see if yeah. I can, and I'll, and I'll see where try you go. This week. Yeah. See what kind of real estate you can check out while you're driving down. I mean, maybe I'll find sites. a new place to buy. <laughs> yeah. I, well, one always needs more property. I mean, you know, on, on Tuesday night, we were coming back from dinner and <laughs> amazingly enough, there were, you know, a couple of the guys I was with, you know, wanted to try this out. So there were three of us squeezed into the backseat of a bolt. Um, oh God. <laughs> And if we if it had taken a very direct route back straight back to the hotel, it would have been about a I don't know three and a half four minute ride. Um, it took closer to fifteen minutes um, because you know again it did one of these weird routes where it was actually going down a street in the in the direction of the hotel, made a left turn, then did two rides, went back in the opposite direction away from the hotel. Heck? And strangely enough, it seemed like every time it was heading back to the hotel, it always picked a route that ran past in front of the state capitol. So maybe maybe it just wanted to show everybody the state capitol. Are you saying this is a politically motivated detour? It, it, it might be. I don't know. I have no evidence to prove that. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, if you happen to be in Austin or San Francisco or San Francisco, or, uh, or Phoenix, um, you know, you know, if you're interested in the novelty factor, go ahead and try it out. But, you know, as a, you know, if what you want is just the most convenient way to get around town, 
It's not that yet. It would be nice if it was, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I I have family that can't drive. They're not allowed to drive. Right. Because for, for health reasons. Um, not because they're bad drivers. <laughs> they're maniacs behind tickets. the wheel. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I like the idea of having these systems, but also I would like them to work. <laughs> yeah. What happened to, uh, like I think about what happened to your cousin? Mom, I don't know. She got on a cruise either. and we never heard from her again. Yeah. <laughs> But like my mom, she's still riding around either. somewhere. And it would be, it would be really nice to have these be reliable. But the thing is, like, you think about it. If it was, say, you're putting someone who's a senior, right, who they can't drive anymore, and you're like, "Well, I can hail this self-driving vehicle for." You probably increase their stress level to the point that now they're having a panic attack in the back because where's it's doing the car? Such like, yeah, where, where is this thing things, taking me? Right? Where are we like, going? Oh my gosh! And how do I stop it? And what's happening? And oh my I'm being gosh! Kidnapped. You know, yeah, Terminator exactly. was correct. It's str- exactly. <laughs> You were John Connor, and, isn't that the guy? And now it's kidnapping dun, dun, you. Dun, yeah. Dun, dun. you know, and, and, and to be fair, you know, you can, you know, if you're feeling uncomfortable, you can always hit the button on the, yes. the headliner to stop, you know, or to, to call for assistance and, you know, get an explanation of what's happening. I, I didn't, I didn't do that this time. Um, but, you know, and Cruz is developing the origin. They actually did show a video. They released a video this week, or maybe it was last week of the, a, the prototype origin with that's equipped for wheelchairs. Uh, they I showed that to us. So cool. Yeah. They showed it to us last year when I was in San Francisco. Um, and so that one, uh, it has a ramp. So the, the origin is their purpose built robo taxi. So unlike the, the bolt, you know, it has carriage style seating, uh, for six. Uh, and you know, so everybody's facing the center, the, the, the middle part of the vehicle is wide open. Uh, and it's got sliding doors, uh, and the the version with the wheelchair, they take a couple of the seats out, and there's a ramp that emerges out from the floor, emerges out sideways, and then drops down. And you can go up, and they have a, a clamping system, an automatic clamping system that you roll your chair up into the thing, back into that that section where they've taken the seats out, and then it reaches out and clamps the wheels uh, so that your so the chairs are restrained, restrained in place uh, for safety. And you know that, but the problem is they can't. They haven't gotten approval to deploy those things yet. You know that is actually a really valid use case. That would uh, be you know, for, for people yeah. for people that can't that are unable to drive. You know, but mm-hmm. want to have that mobility. Um, and you know, as I said, they they have gotten better in terms of pickup and drop off points. Uh, that's that's much better than it was in June. Uh, so they're making progress, but it's still it's slow progress. Um, and which is, I mean, I, I, my whole thing is that they should just be happy with slow progress. I mean, progress is progress, but when you're, when you're pushing it because you're concerned about, you know, stockholder, then I'm just like, ah, come on, just slow down. I think pushing it like is great. And I'm all for that. And like, you know, progress and baby steps, like you said, but I think where the problem comes in is when it's just gets to be a little bit like, it's so inconvenient. I think you, you, you you create more problems than you solve. It's like, look at this cool technology that we have. And yeah, you can actually use it now. Check it out. And you're like, this is horrible. Now I don't want to use the technology. We made these changes here. It was so bad, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? It sort of makes people, it creates a sense of distrust. and like, eh, I tried that once. And people aren't always willing to give things a second chance. Mm-hmm. It takes some convincing, you know? Yeah. And, and part of that convincing is, you know, making sure that the vehicles aren't doing things that are annoying the general public or annoying first responders like police and firefighters and That's ambulances. 
Yeah. yeah that's that's a big issue in San Francisco, you know, that's where they've huge. got a bunch of these vehicles. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they've they've got to get those issues sorted out with how they interact with first responders, especially. Um, and also just trying not to get, you know, 10, 12, 15 vehicles stuck on the same block. That's, that's I keep never seeing, and you know, it feels like I see a lot of those videos. I mean, I'm sure those are the ones people aren't recording just the boring ride, right? Mm. But still, I'm like, okay, I get there's a lot of boring rides, but there's a lot of rides where everything seems to have gone sideways. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, and to be fair, that doesn't happen very often with people on board. It's usually when they're doing various kinds of testing. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. You know, there's only been two accidents with injuries where. So, there, so safety wise, in terms of actually. Yeah. They're like actually they're pretty running. safe. Yeah. So, I mean, I, like I say, I, you know, I wouldn't feel, I don't, I, I've never felt unsafe riding in one of these things, but I, I have felt inconvenienced. That's kind of how when we were riding. That's a great way to describe it. It's like, I, this is a really cool experience, but this is not, this is yeah. not how I want to do this every day. You know, yeah, if, if I if I need to get somewhere, you know, quickly and safely that you know, grant, I feel I generally feel safer in these things than I do in a New York taxi. So, True. you know, there is that. True. Yes. <laughs> the bar is low, though. <laughs> it, it, it is a very low bar. I was like, in fact, a I, lot think, of I think that bar that might actually be buried under the ground. But yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. If it's if that's your bar, then forget it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, earlier this week, uh, Cox Automotive, um, who do. You know, they have a whole bunch of different businesses. They do a lot of work with dealers and they collect a lot of data. They had their their third quarter uh, call, you know, their third quarter update call with uh, some of their folks, their industry insights and their sales forecast for Q3. Um, and they had some some interesting things. And I, I sent you guys the, the email with the PDF of the, the presentation document. Um, but uh, some of the interesting details that came out of this is that uh, – the drop in EV prices um, in the uh, since the beginning of this year, actually. So they kind of peaked throughout the second half of 2022 um, at average transaction prices in the looks like about $68,000, $69,000 uh, range. And they've dropped pretty significantly down to um, for the for overall for EVs. Um, they're down in uh, July. They were down to $53,376. Um, and Tesla prices uh, in the same, peri same period were down to uh, just shy of $55,000. So EV prices have come down a lot in the last, uh, the last 12 months. Uh, and that's a good thing. I mean, we need, we need more affordable EVs, and hopefully they will continue to decline in price. Um, yeah. It, yeah, and then... Um, Let's see what else. Oh, the market share for EVs, uh, brand, for the brands selling EVs. Um, Cox is predicting that uh, the EV share um, te or, Tesla, or Tesla's EV share has dropped by eight points this year, uh, down to about 60% of the EV market. Um, Chevrolet is up by one point. Ford has declined by a couple of points. I think Which a lot seems of that. Weird. Is that supply stuff? Cause yeah, I think it's supply reducing. because they, you know, they, they lost some production uh, of the lightning earlier in mm. the year. They were shut down for a few weeks uh, when they had a battery fire that they were investigating. And That's then right. when they were transitioning over to the new assembly line <clears throat> um, and then same with Mach-E, 
they'd lost some production there as they were uh, ramping up or expanding the new, uh, expanding the capacity at that plant. Uh, so we'll see see where that goes in, in 2024. Uh, Hyundai was up. Rivian was up. Uh, BMW was up pretty significantly um, by three percentage points. Um, VW, Mercedes, Kia, or Mercedes, VW and Mercedes were both up by two points. Kia was down. Audi and, and Nissan was about flat. So um, the I think that we're going to, over the next 12 months, you know, with all the new models coming out and supplies increasing, we should start to see those market share numbers shift even more, I think. Yeah. Um, and then inventories. Um, there's there's a lot more inventory of EVs now than there was a year ago. Uh, you know, a year ago, it was down in September 2022. It was about... Uh, looks like about 30 days supply of EVs. Yeah. It's now at 97 days. That's huge. What a yeah. difference. Yeah. Holy cow. So if and you're, it's a very steep, like, whoop, as, it, as you look at the graph. Yeah. If you're, if you're looking for an EV, um, you know, now's probably not a bad time to, to go shopping for one. You can probably get some decent, you probably have some negotiating power now that you didn't have a year ago. Yeah. Uh, wow. Oh, yeah, that's totally. a huge amount of, Yeah. I, More I inventory a, of EVs than they do of gas vehicles. Is that yep, it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Gas gas vehicle inventories are about fifty seven days, which is about that's been the traditional industry average. Is what they so keep EVs about two are months just supply. Way high. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, overall overall inventories are have been continuing to climb. So the supply chain problems are getting alleviated. Um, although if you're looking for a Ford GM or Stellantis vehicle, some of the more popular ones might be in short supply for the next little while. Oh. Uh, so that's, that, that's Cox, uh, for Q3. Um, they the prices, you know, the prices are continuing to, um, stabilize. You're not getting the, uh, the kinds of, uh, huge markups that there was a year ago. So now's a, a much better time to buy a car than it was a year ago. Um, speaking of buying a car, um, that's all the topics we had, but there was, and we didn't get any emails this week, but there was an interesting conversation in the discord over the last couple of days that I wanted to bring up. Um, and, uh, this, uh, was initiated by Todd he says, uh, he's, uh, in Northern California and been casually browsing used EVs in the six to $15,000 range for a possible fun extra car. In that price range, I've seen the VW e-Golf, BMW i3 and Fiat 500 E. I'm wondering if the wheel bearings team or anyone else here has an opinion about which one would be the most fun to drive for local errands. Also, I'm wondering if there are any other fun, cheap used EVs that I might be overlooking. I understand that some of these might be getting up there in age, which means in some cases they might be near the end of their battery warranty, but I'm not really concerned about that, especially at the lower end of the price range. At this point, I'm only casually looking, but what, what, but if, and when I get serious about this, I'd go test drive them to make sure I'd fit. I'm six foot six. <laughs> yeah. You definitely want to test drive them. Absolutely. Uh, and in the meantime, it'd be great to get people's opinions of cheap used EVs. And Robbie, I know you've got to leave in a few minutes, uh, but why don't you go first? What What are your thoughts on this one? I love the e-golf. Yeah. E-golf is dope. E-golf is cool. E-golf is the drive. Dope. It's a good little car. Um, I like the, fi I think the Fiat 500E is the best Fiat. Absolutely. Uh, the, just, bar, you know, I had a Fiat 500. We had, we had one on lease. And then uh, someone dropped off a Fiat 500e, and I was like, "Man, this is so much better." Than car. <laughs> uh, uh, the only issue why we didn't get the 500e when we were doing is that my wife's uh, work 
was uh, not her work, her school was uh, ex- it was exactly the amount of range that the Fiat 500e got. <laughs> oh, jeez! <laughs> Going to and from school every day, and this is about seven years ago. And I was like, she didn't want to press her luck every uh, single day of the week. No, we're not. Uh, we're, we're unless gonna, she's we got that. somewhere to charge it at, at school. Yeah, yeah the school didn't have anywhere to charge it, and I was okay. Never mind. He's uh, um, like right uh, to the edge. No, thank you. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, I think they're, they're talking about the Spark. I've never driven the Spark, so I don't have any any. Um, input on that but of the two i like the 500 e i'm sorry i like the e-golf more um you're gonna have a lot more room um it's you know it's essentially it's a golf yeah it's a golf it's a a little gti that's that's electric um but yeah those those do are are a bit pricier than um everything else so you kind of get what you pay for i guess that's that's my two cents okay and i've never driven the spark either neither have i i I feel like pretty rare yeah, I, so I have no no opinion on the Spark, but I I kind of like the Fiat. I know the E Golf is really super fun and cool, but I don't know why. I'm just I like the little 500e. I like that one, and it's new. This isn't it new this year again? Was he just looking for used? Vehicles? He's looking for a used one. He was just um, there's for a, used. the new the second generation one is coming early next year. So theoretically, the second gen is about to come. Maybe the people that have the old like the old one maybe not so hot a deal anymore because you got the new one. So. You know, people don't want the old one. Maybe you'll get a better price. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, no, I I agree on the the e golf that the Spark. They you know they didn't build. I think they only built I don't know maybe four or five thousand of those. Um, and there were actually two different versions of it because the first model year, it had a battery from A one two three systems, and then they switched over to an LG Chem battery. So they were using basically the same battery modules that went into the the Volt. Um, and when they did that, it lost some, to- excuse me, lost some torque uh, because the the original one with the the A one two three battery had four hundred foot pounds of torque in a spark, which was <laughs> that thing must have flown. Oh yeah. my gosh! Uh, it didn't have a lot of range, but it had a lot of torque. But the range it did have, it got there quickly. <laughs> yes, yeah, you could use up that range very rapidly, um, and then yeah, the. Um, the e-golf was always one of my favorites uh, and then somebody else in here mentioned uh the kona ev um those are still you know a little bit higher in price um at uh according to jeff d those are going for about twenty five thousand dollars um but you know if you you know maybe once the the new kona evs are hitting them hitting the market in the next exactly. couple of months yeah. um you might see the prices on the first generation ones dropping um and so you know, if you can get one of those, you know, 259 miles of range, those, those, those would be amazing. Yeah. You know, if you can get one of those for like 20 grand, that, that would be, that would be awesome. That wasn't on his list. You're adding cars that weren't on his list. Did he want cars well, so that weren't one on of, his list? One of the respondents in the discord mentioned that one. Um, okay. That's fair to add into the list then. Yeah. yeah. I know I would agree. I think that would be a and, great And idea. you know, to be, to be fair, he did ask us originally, you know, he said, you know, for the wheel this bearings crew. Um, so, you know, we're, we're putting suggestions in there and, you know, yeah, I like the, Koenig, I like the idea of it. I just, I, I think that's a good one. Thumbs up to that idea. And I, I don't know what prices are like on the mini E, um, you know, the electric uh, minis, the, the SE, yeah. the new one. Yeah. You can get them on lease now. So for, for years they wouldn't allow it on lease, but now that it's coming to end of life, this version, <laughs> you can get them on lease. It's like 380 something. Oh. So it's not cheap. Um, it's, it's about the prices of like leasing a Kona right now. Or yeah. actually, even an Ionic Five, if in certain in certain areas. 
So yeah, I mean, there's some good choices there. You know, if you if you can get by with an you know with an EV with you know under 100 miles of range, um, you know, all of these have you know battery warranties that run eight years, hundred thousand miles uh, at least. So you know, if if you're getting like a you know a four or five year old e golf, you know, you're still going to have you know several more years of warranty on the battery. Um, and, and most of these, um, you know, they, you know, they don't use the battery particularly aggressively. So it, it's more than likely, you know, aside from the, uh, the Le- uh, the Nissan Leaf, um, you know, which had an air cooled battery, most of the, the rest of these are all liquid cooled batteries. And so the batteries should actually hold up pretty well over time. And none of these support, you know, really high power charging. So that's not going to do much to degrade your battery anyway. They're, these are all like 50 kilowatts or less uh, if they even have DC fast charging. All right. Um, anything else? I don't have anything else. That's it for me. All right. Well, let's call it a show then. Um, and we will talk to you all next week. And don't have forget to week, make everyone. your Taco Tober donations. Taco Tober. Oh, yeah. Or just eat tacos, man. Just yeah. eat tacos. Why not? Well, that's always a good thing to do any time of year. But <laughs> Tacos. Tacos. All right. Talk to you all later. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.